Grace Chapel podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're so glad you're here. Before we get started, we want to remind you of the importance of being connected into a local church body. Podcasts are a gift from God, but are meant to be supplemental and not substitute or replace the gathering of the saints in worship in the Word. With that being said, we pray that this teaching would bless you, equip you, and encourage you in your walk with Christ. All right. Well, this is an exciting Sunday for me because I get to join you all in hearing from some other people this morning. And so we've got a really special treat today. So um, kind of two different missions. Um, I don't even want to say too much. I want to let them share, but just two different missions that we care about, ministries that we believe in and support are kind of coming and just sharing a little about who they are, what's going on, how we can participate. And I feel like the Lord's fingerprint was just kind of on the timing of this. Um, It was really cool because we are coming out of our study on the church in Acts and we're going into, in October, advancing the kingdom. And the Lord just, in some really cool ways, just kind of lined up this weekend to be the weekend that uh, Donna and Julio are in town. We're gonna hear from them. And then some really incredible things have come together for the Soriano family. You guys heard from them this summer and some things have really come together since then. So we're gonna hear from, from both of those folks um, over the next few minutes. So, um, so first of all, I wanna invite up Donna and Julio. They're up here from the Dominican Republic. Um, they're gonna be sharing about Josiah's house. Donna Boone um, put up with me when, could tell you some serious stories, first of all. You might be looking for a new church after she tells some of those stories. Um, but she, when I was like 20, 21, just starting into um, youth ministry, you know, the church said Donna was there to assist. I really think she was there to be the mom and keep me on track. And some would argue I still need that here now. So maybe we need a little extra help this weekend, Donna. But we've just been longtime friends. We've done ministry together for years. Josiah's house is near and dear to all of our hearts. And so I'm not gonna say too much more. I'm gonna let her and Julio come and share um, but thank you guys for how you serve and love. And so come share with us a little bit about Josiah's house. Can we make them feel welcome? Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity that you give us to share with you this morning. Uh, thank you for um, letting us participate in communion with you. So uh, we feel part of the uh, Global Church. Like uh, we are part of the body of Christ, and um, we're happy to be here. Um, it, uh, sharing with you a little bit about Josiah's house and and how's how's um, it's going. Um, let me tell you that uh, last month I think we celebrate our 10th anniversary, and um, it's been a little more than 10 years, but kind of we celebrate 10. 10 years of anniversary. And uh, it's, it's been a blessing to be working with kids that, uh, boys and girls that are orphaned, that uh, they are abandoned, uh, they, they have been in, uh, in the street. And um, what we do is that they come to Josiah's house and we work with them, we teach them. Uh, the Word of God, we help them, uh, feeding them, 
Uh, we give them a good education, but most of it we give them a family, which is which is really important in in their life. And um, this is a, a great, great, great work because uh, when they come to Josiah's house, I mean they they're lacking everything. I, I could say lacking everything, and they are in a situation where they need the Lord. But most of it, they need a family. They need um, opportunity to grow, opportunity to be a servant of Christ. Um, one of the things that I want to share, as Jacob was sharing about Donna, I, I, I can share the same thing about abuela and abuelo. Do, you, do anybody knows here who is abuela and abuelo? No? Okay, you do. Okay. Abuela and abuelo is Bob and... Diana, Diana. Um, they were the first director of Josiah's house. They established the pattern that we continue following right now. I had the great opportunity to work with them uh, since the beginning. And um, I have a lot of stories with them. I'm not going to share, <laughs> but a lot of story. I um, learned a lot from them. And... Uh, and uh, we are doing a lot of things because we learned from the, 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 the base they planted at that moment. Up to right now, we have 32 kids. Um, yeah. Do you guys have, have that picture? picture? Mark, you have a picture? It's oh, it's yeah. That's the story of our lives. <laughs> 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 the Dominican Republic It's the same. So it's okay. We have 32 kids in, in Josiah's house, and uh, uh, we have five couples that are working with those kids, and the Lord is blessing us. The Lord is blessing us. But the kids are growing, and there's a part of the program that at the beginning we didn't have the, we didn't have, we didn't know what to do when they turned 18 years old, and um, there's another part of the program that Donna is going to explain what is it about. Okay. Hi, y'all. I could say y'all in Tennessee, finally, <laughs> instead of Buenos Dias. How's everybody? We're, again, we're so thrilled to be here and be able to share a little bit about Josiah's house. So, yeah, we have 32 amazing kids ranging from uh, three years old to 17-year-old at Josiah's house. We have two special needs kids that we adore and love. Um, even though they're challenging at times, we love them. Um, but the reality is, is all of our kids are special needs because of the, the trauma that they come out of. But as Julio said, when our kids turn 18, they're then considered adults, just like here in the United States. And so they can no longer live on the, um, on the Josiah's house campus, but they're, they're socially behind, academically behind. Many of them come to us 10, 12 years old, and they have no education at all. And so um, as they started, we had our first boy, Carlos, that got to that age um, where he had to leave the campus. He had nowhere to go. He still had, um, I believe Carlos had a year and a half of high school to finish. He didn't have any skills. Um, he wasn't ready to make his own decisions and all those things. And so we birthed a new program called Hope Continues. So we have a separate campus for our Hope Continues kids. We... Um, the, it's, it's very similar to what happens at Josiah's house, except for the fact that they, 
Our job there is to begin to teach them to be independent, to be an adult. And so we have a contract that they have to sign with us. They have, um, they have guidelines for how they're going to live their life, including meeting with us weekly for Bible study, having a part-time job, um, continuing in school. They need to be a part of a, a, a church family and in and, and regular attendance there. And so we work with them, and um, we give them a stipend or a coupon to, they have to buy their own groceries, they have to cook their own meals, and all of the things. And so we're teaching them to be independent. We have um, two in college right now, um, which is super exciting. And I would show you a picture of Fernando, but the pictures are not working. But Fernando is a boy that came to Josiah's house when he was about nine years old after his mother passed away. His father couldn't care for him. And um, so he came to Josiah's house. Bob and Diane were there then. And he was a sad little boy, a lost little boy, a scared little boy. And um, he's been at Josiah's house all these years. And he just graduated high school in the Hope Continues program. And he was at the top of his class. I think he had around a 4.0 average. He earned an academic scholarship uh, international Academic Scholarship to MTSU here in the United States, which has always been his dream to study here in the United States. It took a while. Several visas were denied, but but um, finally the Lord showed off for us. And so he's been uh, in school for a month or something like that. Yeah. but um, and, and all of that is great. But the, the coolest thing about Fernando is his love for the Lord and we, um, we work with our older kids at Josiah's House and our Hope Continues kids in discipleship. We focus on that greatly to the point that now those kids are carrying on our Wednesday night service. We don't even have to show up for that. They are teaching the other kids. But Fernando, at, when he graduated, graduated with honors, but they weren't all academic honors. A lot of those honors were about his integrity how the other students could look up to him. And so this is, this is what we do. This is what the Lord does. He takes kids who come to us with no life in their face, no sparkle in their eyes, no hope. And then he begins to rebuild them and to heal. And I'm going to have Julio share with you guys just a little bit because it's really important. One little aspect of what we do, and that is how we reconnect them with their biological families and what that does for them. Yep. Um, be, be, before explaining that, the uh, good thing about those kids that have 18 years old is that, that we're not leaving them or sending men out. I mean, they stay there. And what is happening right now is that all of them are serving in Josiah's house. And um, it's, it's something really interesting because they can teach better than us because they have lived. So when we have new kids coming, they, they're ready to talk to them, that they're ready to help them. And honestly, the kids that are coming hear them better than us. And this is, this is really, you know, great what is happening. Um, one of the things that we do is that any kids, any girl or boy that comes, they, they have some family. Maybe an uncle, maybe a grandfather, maybe probably a sister or a brother, and sometimes even neighbor. 
So one of the things we do is we try to connect them with their relative or neighbor, but the thing behind this is that they need to face their, their past. Um, and that takes time. Uh, and I'm just gonna mention an example. We have a girl that her, their, her mother tried to kill her. Um, so the girl has been with us four years. She, can, she came when she was nine. She's there and just as, um, she's 13, and now on she's going to start asking questions like, why am I here? So that question needed to be answered. So what we do is we connect with that person if it's possible. I mean, to work with the family, work, work with the mother, up to the point, even uh, if, the, if it's possible, um, to get them together and the kids would have the possibility or the opportunity to forgive. So what we do, we work in the process, uh, teaching them that Christ accepted them and forgive them, and they have to forgive too. Um, their father, mother, or somebody that had make them um, uh, damage. So um, this is really, really, really important because we realize that if we cover that, if we don't treat that, when they grow, they still need to face that. So and uh, it takes time with each one. Like we have some four or five years old girl that we know that we can't solve that right now. But when they start asking questions, 13, 14, 15, like I want to know why, you know, why my mother, my father or somebody didn't take care of me. So we work on that and we have a really, really, really important result. Uh, uh, we have had two camps uh, in the last two years and the topic in those camps is to teach them how to face their past. And um, they're learning how to verbalize it and they're learning how to share that with others, to help others, but also to free themselves of, of their past and their uh, emotional uh, problems. Yeah, our, our thing that we say to them all the time is use your voice. Because when you speak something out, then it's not hidden, and the Lord can deal with it. So Josiah's house is a family-style children's home, which is really different from most of the children's homes in the Dominican Republic and other places. It's not an institution. They literally have a set of parents that live in the house with them. They have meals together. They do devotions together. They go to church together. They grocery shop together. It's a family family unit. And um, so they, they kind of are individual, but they're, they're together under our supervision. So um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else uh, that I want to share, but um, we, uh, this is really, like Jake said, this is a great uh, opportunity for us to be here and to share with you and to reconnect with you. Um, your church was kind of involved before COVID, the COVID thing, and so we're, we're, we really want to encourage you all to plan a trip to come and see us, to come and see what Josiah's house is about, to see our kids. We love for people to come and build relationships. We have people that, <clears throat> excuse me, come back year after year. And, you know, for me, I was one of those people for uh, until the last two years. I just went back and forth. And I met Fernando when he was first there. And then now I've gotten to experiencing him grow up and, and the product that he has become, the man that he has become, it's mind-blowing it's mind and it's beautiful. 
And so we want to encourage you to uh, encourage your pastor to bring a team down to see us and come and serve with us and get to meet our kids. Thank you. Love you guys. Great job. Love you, Donna. So grateful for them and all they're doing. And um, Don and I were literally talking this morning, like we got to get back down there. And so keep, keep your ears open for that as we start looking ahead. We want to get back in the process of visiting the places that we support, that we are, our hearts are linked with. And so there's Grace Chapel in Mexico. There's Josiah's house in the Dominican Republic. It's another opportunity you're going to hear about in just a second. But I just want to really encourage you guys. It's incredible to watch what the Lord has done. I mean, Donna and I, well, my parents were down there from day one, getting it off the ground. Donna and I were on a trip before there was one boy living there, painting houses, painting. I wasn't painting murals. Uh, Donna was painting really beautiful murals with, with our youth group back at Grace Chapel in Franklin, just preparing the place and to watch the stories. And I love hearing that the boys that have kind of graduated out are reinvesting. I love seeing that. What a beautiful picture. And so um, we just want you guys to be aware of Josiah's house, what's happening there and know that you can participate in that prayerfully, financially, we can go visit and be real boots on the ground there. It's just an awesome work that's happening. Um, I could definitely answer more questions. My parents could tell you tons, um, but we wanted that on your radar. So we love you guys. We're praying for Josiah's house. And I'm hoping some people in this room will come with me to see you soon. All right. Sound good? Sweet. Okay. And then additionally, I just think even the timing of this is cool. Like here's a ministry that's 10 plus years and we're seeing so much fruit and now something new that is about to be launched. And so many of you probably already heard from Andrew and Dira. Um, was that like May, June? It was July. Okay. It was in July as they were sharing a door that was starting to open up to them in Indonesia. This is an answer to 12 years of praying and dreaming a, a vision the Lord has given them. Um, they have served faithfully in this church for years now. We ordained Andrew this summer. Um, and not only because of his faithfulness here, but even in preparation of knowing what they were being called to. And so um, they have gotten a lot of clarity in the last few months, dialoguing with compassion first. And so they're gonna come and share about kind of where they're at, what the opportunity is, where they're heading, um, and just how we as a church can love and support them along the way. So can y'all make our own Andrew and Dira feel welcomed as they come up? Hey guys, um, I'm gonna be really emotional. <laughs> So just letting you know, um, before I get into our bit of just something I've been chewing on for some weeks now, and I think it's a beautiful moment that we had here today that communion kicked off what Donna and Julio and, and what we're talking about is that mission is birthed out of communion. And, and that's, that's the way it's supposed to be. It's never supposed to be flipped. So as you guys do everything that you're doing out in the city and as we as a church do what we do, know that it's out of communion that we do that. Um, so I'm kind of wrecked this morning. So, um, so those of you who don't know, um, like Jake said, if you want to, if I can get my phone to work, um, you just hold on to that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> If you want to check out what we said in July, just kind of update, we went to Indonesia um, in June, basically for the whole month. Um, and we 
did a lot of stuff there, but that, that talk that we gave, you guys can go back and get a big update on that if you haven't heard it before. Um, but yeah, like what Jake has been saying, this has been a dream um, that me and Dara have been holding on to for even before we met, um, to specifically see women and children coming out of um, trafficking, and um, specifically in Indonesia. So um, we, uh, we got partnered with Compassion First. They've actually... Uh, they've been doing anti-trafficking work in Indonesia since 2010. Um, and we, the story of how we met them is crazy. Um, we told a little bit about it, but um, we, uh, we left you guys with, after we spoke here in July, we, we left with like, we were about to go to Oregon for an interview to, to come on board with them. And um, since then we've been in, in limbo world for like two months. Um, and, uh, we uh, we finally found out that we got accepted to come on with them. So, yeah. So. Um, I'm really emotional too, just looking at everybody's faces and our hearts just feel so full and so thankful for the support um, you've given us and the love and you've, you guys have been on board with this journey from the start and I can't, we cannot tell you how much that means to us and what a difference that does for our family to keep pressing on, to keep believing with you all. So, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah and we're, we're so excited just for the future as um, just bringing Grace Chapel to Indonesia. And we've, yeah, I'm just so excited for what the Lord has. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is hard to talk about. <laughs> I don't want to leave you guys at the same time. It's really tough. Um, so the target date is February of this coming year, uh, 2023. Um, so what what that's going to look like is, um, and just so you guys know, Compassion First, we've got a little QR code out front on the hospital or the greeter, the greeting table. Um, you can just scan it. It has kind of a snapshot of what, our backgrounds are like, you know, when we were called into missions and then it kind of tells the story all in one little spot. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, you can go out there and scan that and that'll help you out. But, um, we are going to, well, yeah. So, so we're going to West Java. So if you look on the map, uh, Java is, well, first off where we get the term Java for cup of Joe, you know? So, but, uh, it's one of the biggest islands down there. And, um, we, we're going to be going into the Western region of that to start off with. Um, and then do you want to tell your role and then I'll, okay. Um, so the area that we're going to, they are just now started to, um, to open a new safe house. And so it's not in operation. So um, I will be going and working under um, a lady that she's she's the director of operation of Indonesia, and she's been doing this for a very long time. So she knows a lot, like how it, um, how it is to start the base and everything. So I'm gonna work really close with her and kind of um, training the team and creating a team and um, creating a safe house really. But then once it's all uh, set, um, I'm gonna be kind of like. I guess the overseer of the safe house and helping the staff out feel um, settled and 
the girls, there's um yeah, there's a lot that involved with that. But yeah, that's kind of She's really modest in saying that she's going to be helping start that safe house and run it and operate it and rock and roll and do all those things. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, she's she's going to be coming alongside the director of operations and she's going to oversee the house moms and the the girls as we intake those and the, coming in to transition and the staff. And, I mean, they're... Tr- hiring them now so like they this lady needs a lot of help so Tara can come along inside and do that um which you're perfect to do by the way um and then uh for me uh, this role um I mean I, I honestly didn't see it coming but like it, I we both felt it in our hearts when when they described what they would like us to do uh, or what would like my my role to be and uh, so um, they, I'm going to be going down there and helping form and lead a team, uh, um, for development of the entire country. So, um, I'm going to be basically their faced compassion versus faced from the West to Indonesia. And so I'm going to be coming alongside Winda, the director of operations, and we'll go into meetings with like government officials, diplomats, organizations, meeting at conferences and basically a whole big awareness front, but also working with the people that make the decisions for these girls to come out of trafficking. And ultimately like I'm believing for top down transformation revival in a country. Like that's my, that's my heartbeat and hope that that is going to happen. So we're going to be putting in really interesting situations and confirmation or conversations. Um, it's just really weird to say out loud. <laughs> um, but it, so that's, that's going to be my bit, which is kind of beautiful because it allows me when I'm not in those meetings to come alongside Dira and be like a fatherly pastoral presence within that shelter. And um, yeah, just really just spend time with the staff and the girls and do what I love and, and, and come alongside Dira and that. So those are what our two roles are going to be to begin with. Now, I, I know we told you a lot about a province that we visited and all the crazy scenarios that we got into meeting with a mayor and all that stuff. Um, that's in the podcast in, in July. Um, so Compassion First wants to go to that province. I think I mentioned that in July. So a part of what we're doing to begin with is getting the training, which... I guess we forgot to say that. So right now we're, we're going to be starting training via Zoom, join staff meetings uh, in Indonesia, 12-hour time difference. So however that's going to look like. <laughs> um, but eventually they are, we're hoping, and that's what they're hoping too, is that we take Compassion First to Nusa, Tenggara, Timor, or Ntete uh, for short. Um, and that's, that's in the future. So, um, but first we'll, we'll be going there to train and to get this thing up and running and, and learn all of that. So, um, let's see. Yeah. February is the timeline. Um, then just the next steps, like I said, uh, so we're going to begin training. Um, and I mean, there's a whole lot to learn, obviously. Um, and then we're in, so, and then I recently turned in my resignation at my other part-time job at the school. 
So uh, super thankful for all that that was and all that it is. Um, but I'm excited. We're just excited to transition. So, um, so that so we leave we leave the school on the or well, I leave school on the 18th and then of November. So right before Thanksgiving, and then um, that'll just free us up to just really press into what we're doing here to prepare for us to leave and other people to come in and um, just so that this, this place just runs smoothly and, and all that. Um, so at the same time, we're in our, our raising funds phase. So there's a, there's an overall budget for the sending and deployment. And then there's a budget for our monthly down there. And, and thankfully compassion first has a vision where like well, okay, first I'll start off with, they weren't looking to hire anyone. So like we came out of the blue for them too. And so they've basically, they're rallying to help us fund. So they're based out of Oregon and they have connections all over the country. They've been in operation for like 12 plus years. Um, so they're helping. And so we, I don't have like an ultimate number to give because this is all grassroots just being talked about. They're helping us form a budget. Obviously we've got Asher and Gabriella coming. It's just, it looks a little different than just a couple coming when we've got kids. So, um, but when we went like the, the plane ticket to get there is like a thousand to 1500. So you can imagine probably times four and then documentation. The kids can have citizenship for 25 bucks if we just drive to DC. So they'll be fine. <laughs> so it really, it's me. Dira's got um, Indonesian citizenship. So just all of that, all the logistics. Um, but for a monthly, a, mo- a rough estimate of what we imagine it to be is probably around like 4,000 per month that we'll need to operate on a normal basis. And the beautiful thing is with Compassion First is that let's say, you know, donations are low one month or whatever. They, they set, a, they, once we're in country, they have a team that manages that and that we'll never have below what the, num- the number that they set for us, what we need. Um, and so it's, it's it, and then anything, if it goes in excess, goes straight towards like the mission and vision, rescuing girls, building a shelter, you name it. So um, just to kind of give you guys a, a snapshot, and there's a lot of details that I can't share this morning that we can have coffee and talk and chat, whatever. Um, I'm, we're happy to do that. But um, ultimately, thank you guys for hanging on with us because without you, I don't, I mean, there's moments that, I mean, we couldn't have, I, we've, we've almost given up on this dream so many times. And all that I feel like we've done is consistently give our yes to the Lord. And I, I mean, yeah, I, it, without you guys, we could not have done that. So um, know that this is you guys as much as us going there. And it's not like us leaving the house, like this is home. And I want you guys to know that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for believing with us and not thinking we're crazy (laughs) and for this dream that's like, how is it going to happen? It's just like, that's all God asks of us. Like, and I hope you know that like, that's all that he asks of you too. And it's like, if you just say yes, like what can he do with our lives? So um, thank you guys. We love you. Um, First of all, we do think you're crazy. 
Um, but it's the good kind of Jesus crazy that says, says yes to things that from the outside looking in seem ridiculous. It seemed ridiculous for three families to pick up from a community we were well-established in to move to Knoxville. But like, look what God does when you say yes to crazy things that he calls you to. And so we love you guys. We're excited about what's going on. Donna, I want to call you and Julio back up. We want to pray over both of these couples. Um, I was going to have dad come and do the prayer. Is he on safety team or something like that? All right, mom, you want to come pray over these, these precious people and ministries? Thank you. Okay, and so before we pray, there's a couple things I want to say. So um, first of all, just as a church, we're committing, you know, right about this time of year, we start looking ahead to next year's budget. We're committing to come alongside both of these ministries and be providing support just from the church. But I just also want to say to you guys, like, when you tithe here, like it goes towards the operation of this place. It goes towards the ministries that we support as a church body. That doesn't mean that we aren't called to give kind of above and beyond and lean in at places where the Lord might call us. And so I just want y'all to be prayerful about if the Lord's calling you to participate in any of this individually, you can, you can find a way to, to not only learn more information, but is there a way in here to see how to give, okay, to Josiah's house through this? As Andrew mentioned, there is that QR code and kind of a picture of them on the table out there. You can scan it and it'll give you kind of a digital version of this for what they're doing. And there's opportunity to give there too. And so um, as we move into the series that we're gonna be talking about, this is a living example of what it means to advance the kingdom. God doesn't call all of us to the Dominican Republic or Indonesia, but he does call all of us somewhere right here in our own backyard where he's called us to live. And so we link arms with the global church to pray, to relationally love on and support, to financially support, but we also step in and do what God's called us to do. Compassion first is just realizing how incredible these guys are. We've known that for a long time. We're gonna miss them, but I'm confident the Lord is gonna continue to raise up people within this body to continue to advance the kingdom and to make an impact in our own community right here in our backyard. And so that's what we're about as a church community, amen? So we're just gonna come alongside and pray over you guys. Um, if, you're, if you're charismatic enough and wanna stretch a hand out this way, you can do that while we pray. Dad, I see you made it up here. So I don't know if you're praying, mom's praying, both of you can take turn, mom's praying. Okay, all right. Mom, would you pray over these guys as we close things out? And just kind of close out the service to in prayer. Okay. I'll pray. <laughs> I feel like a praying mom. That's for sure. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up these beautiful people and God, we remember that your word says how beautiful are the feet of them that bring good news. Father, we thank you for what Andrew said about just giving you our yes. Father, as we as a church body pray over these beautiful feet, we at the same time are giving you our yes. Because a small yes, that's all you've asked for. And there's no telling where 
you will take that yes. And so, God, we lift up Andrew and Dira. We lift up Julio and Donna. Father, we lift up the ministries that they represent, the people, the children, the people. God, what you're doing, you are building your church. And like you spoke through Alex this morning, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So God, advance your kingdom through your willing, loving, humble people who just simply say yes. And so God, we go forth from this place on mission with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.